morning, everyone. My name is Todd Nielsen, and I'm a uh, not-too-long-time member of the temple since 2007. Um, and today I'm going to talk about polypronunciation with the PowerPoint presentation. And I'm also going to lead the um, meditation. So if you can't hear me or have any questions, just wave your arms out maniacally, and I will see it. So let's start with the meditation. Thank you all. First of all, thank you all for coming this morning. So sit uh, comfortably. If you're sitting on a chair, put both of your feet on the floor. And if you're um, sitting on a cushion, keep your back straight. Or in a chair, keep your back straight. Try not to point your feet at the altar. And now we want to relax. So. Take some deep breaths and listen to the bell. Let your mind settle. Put your hands in your lap or on your thighs, whatever is most comfortable for you. Close your eyes. Or if you don't want to do that, gaze at the floor right in front of you. Take another deep breath and let it out. Now turn your attention to the muscles around your eyes. I think most of us squint a lot especially when we're coming from the outside to the inside. So relax the muscles around the eyes. Also your cheek and your, your cheeks and your forehead. Relax those muscles. Check your nostrils, make sure you're not flaring your nose. And then, very important, check your jaw, make sure you're not clenching your teeth. So let it go slack and let there be some space between your teeth, upper and lower jaw. Now go back to your, go back to your eyes and make sure you're not squinting again. Now move down your neck to your shoulders. Always a lot of tension in our shoulders. Just try to let them drop down. And relax your shoulders. Now down your arms, down your arms to your elbow, elbows, both of them, your wrists, down to the hands, down to the fingers. You may want to clasp or unclasp your fingers, 
just to relax them. Go back up to your shoulders, make sure they are relaxed. And then down to your abdomen, your chest and your abdomen. Relax those muscles. Try not to clench your abdomen. And now you're back. Try to sit up straight as you can. Want to straighten your spine. Imagine there's a string tied at the top of your head and pulling you up so that your head is balanced on your spine and your spine is balanced on the chair or the cushion. Remember to keep breathing. Now down to your buttocks and your thighs, pelvis. Just to relax them. Just consciously think of them as relaxing. And now down to your knees. Down your calves and your shins. Down to your ankles. Down your instep. And down to your toes. You might want to crunch your toes up a couple times. Now go back up to your head. Make sure your face is loose as if you were asleep. Your body is relaxed as much as possible. Let's continue on to loving-kindness meditation. So the Buddha said loving-kindness meditation is the most important thing you can do. Why? Because you're helping other people and you're helping yourself, mostly by clarifying your mind, purifying your mind. So we can use those three famous words and send them first to yourself. May I be well, as well as I can be, as healthy as I can be. May I be as happy as I can be. And may I be as peaceful as I can be right now. May no harm come to me. May no suffering come to me. May no defiling emotions of anger or lust or greed delusion, 
May they not come to me. No fear or anxiety. No. May I be well, may I be happy, and may I be peaceful. Really think about those words. May I be well, may I be happy, may I be peaceful, may no harm come to me, may no suffering come to me. Now imagine those same thoughts. We want to spread them over the entire universe. So let's start with ourselves. And now think of those other things for people who are not near to us, but the people who are near to us. May everyone in this room be well, happy, and peaceful. May no harm come to them. May no suffering come to them. May no defiling emotions come to them. May they be happy. And just imagine those thoughts spreading out from you like the sun, the rays coming out of the sun to everyone in this room. Imagine it coming out of your body like rays. Let's make our circle a little wider. Let's say everyone here in Woodstock, including animals, whatever wildlife there is, whatever pets there are, may they be well, happy, peaceful, free from suffering, fear, anxiety, free from ill will, hatred, and greed. May everyone here in Woodstock feel this way.
Let's increase our boundaries again. Let's think of the same thing for everyone in our country. Same thoughts. May they be well, happy, and peaceful. May all creatures be safe. And now spread those thoughts over the entire world. So many people suffering. Natural disasters and wars. Poverty and ignorance. May help come to them. May love come to them. May they be well, happy and peaceful. May all creatures be well, happy, and peaceful. All creatures, the seen and the unseen, the near and the far, the big and the small, the known and the unknown, those who have been born and who are waiting to be born, those who are on the verge of dying and those dying, all those creatures, all the humans, all the animals, whatever their creatures there may be, may they be well, happy, and peaceful. May no harm come to them. May no suffering come to them. And then finally, we want to spread these thoughts over the entire universe, as far in front of you as you can even imagine, as far behind you, to the left of you, to the right of you, above you, and below you, Spread those thoughts like the sun spreads light. All the way around the universe.
Now let's move into silent meditation. Good time to check your posture, make sure you're relaxed. We want to understand our crazy minds. Of course, it's impossible not to think. So when you start following your breath, right away thoughts will come up. So what we are doing is practicing, recognizing thoughts as they come up in our minds. I mean, many people go through life without even thinking about what they're thinking about. And we're learning to, but we are learning to see those thoughts as they arise. And we are learning to evaluate them and drop the ones that are not helpful. So let's follow our breath. It's an object of concentration, it's always there. So you may feel it in your nose, or in your lungs, your abdomen. But follow the breath as it comes in and out. And as I said, when thoughts arise, just drop them, you can think about them later. And then keep returning to your breath.
keep returning to your breath. So notice thoughts as they come into your mind. If there's a troubling one, you might want to take the time to understand where you think it's coming from. It's almost always, or it is always, rooted in one of the three, what are called the three poisons, attachment or greed, aversion or hatred or anger, and delusion, delusion about ourselves and delusion about the world. So if you have a really troubling thought, try to figure out the base, where it's coming from, and that will make it much, much easier to drop that thought. On the other hand, if you have a really good thought, you can try to decide where it's coming from. Of course, the opposite of delusion is knowledge of reality. The opposite of aversion is loving-kindness. And the opposite of greed is generosity. And if you don't want to do that, just return to your breath and keep breathing.
keep returning. Thank you. Everyone put your palms in front of your heart together and make a promise to yourself to do a little bit of meditation or a lot, at least every day, even if it's only a few moments, and continue to understand how our crazy minds work. Thank you. So today we're going to change it up. We're going to do the chanting after my PowerPoint presentation, and you will see why after I'm done. And please um, bear with me, I have to change seats. A lot of buttons to push. If you can't see, feel free to move around anywhere. So you know the Buddha's message, the most important one, to do no evil and to do only good, to purify our minds. This is the teaching of the Buddhas. So help us on the way. This is pronouncing the perplexing Pali in our chanting book. So someone said I was just doing this PowerPoint because I heard them flubbing the words, but I won't mention his name. He's sitting right in front of me, though. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> so, of course, that never bothered me because it's perplexing. 
So let's start with pronunciation, greatly simplified of the vowels. So if you want the really good Pali pronunciation, you have to check with the monks because it's difficult. But this is greatly simplified. So we'll start with the vowels A. So it's pronounced ah in our, um, in Pali. Ah as another, ah, another. It's never long. If it's long, it's spelled differently. And E is what used to be called a schwa. I don't know if it still is. When I was in high school, it was called a schwa. And it's just a sort of uh sound, uh, as an end, uh. Um, there was a comedian who said she was driving with her boyfriend in, her, in his car, and the needle was on E for empty. And she said, for a, man, for a woman, E means empty. For a man, it means uh. So that's the sound you want to make E. Then I is pronounced E, as in ski or brie. And by the way, these are the um, Italian way to pronounce vowels, and maybe the Spanish, I don't know. So I is pronounced actually as an E. And then O is a long O as an own. O. And then U is pronounced U as in prudent. Ooh, not you, but ooh. And then Y as in yet, or Tokyo. And I'll pronounce the nation again, greatly simplified, of consonants. So K, pretty straightforward, as in cat or keen. K, the K sound. K-H, though, as in black heath. So both uh, the K and the H are pronounced K. Um, in English, we usually skip over anything that looks like an H that doesn't start with a, at a, the beginning of a word. Poly word? Yeah. So at the end, we're going to go through what we usually chant, and you will see. So G, as in gate, G, the G. And the G is never a soft G, as in giant, it's always a hard G. And then C is a little confusing, because it's always pronounced CH. I'm not sure why they did it that way, whoever did decided how to transliterate Pali, but they did. So C is pronounced ch, as in church or change. And it really gets confusing when there's a CH. Should be pronounced as in witch hazel or ch, ch. And then N as in neighbor or nice, straightforward. And then N with a tilde over it, as in canyon or senior. Um, that's also a little confusing because sometimes they will have, in a poly word, they will have this N with a tilde, N with a tilde over it, and then another consonant, and then a vowel. So you have to remember the 
the vowel, even though it's two letters away from the N, is, has that Y sound in it. So canyon or senior. And some, sometimes when they print uh, letters, the tilde gets dropped. So you're forgiven if you didn't, if you make a boo-boo. And then T, straightforward as in ten or toad, t. And then TH, a little difficult. As far as I know, there's no TH sound in poly, you know, the th sound in poly. There's no th sound. So you have to pronounce it as an anthill or sujata, never as in they. So it's Sujata, of course he won't slap you if you mispronounce his name. So D, straightforward as in dig or die. And then DH, as in Buddha, as in madhouse. So the sound. P, as in pat or pinch. Sorry for that. PH is another problematic, it is in top hat, but never as in photo. So, P. And then B as in back or bite. And BH as in abhorrence. So, I'll try to pronounce the H as in Bahadia, Bhante Bahadia, or Bhante actually. So it's a little um, difficult, and as I said before, in English we usually s skip over H's if they're not at the beginning of a word. And then V is also a little tricky. It's a sound somewhere between V as in vain and W as in wane. So uh, the monastics have learned a sound that we English speakers never learn. Pardon? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, Wimala. Right. And when... Well, I use W too, but if, you know, ask monks, if you say, is it Wimala or Vimala? They'll say, yeah. So there's, so I do believe they can hear the difference, um, but we can't. But anyway, I use, I use a W when there's a V. So H as in hot or have. So I always pronounce an H not as an hour, but as an like what hour is it? It's always pronounced. So try to pronounce all the H's, even though it's difficult. As I said a couple times before, we usually don't pronounce H's unless it says the start of a word. So Dhamma, Buddha, and Sangha. And then also very tricky for English speakers is try to pronounce both letters of a double consonant. So Buddha, Saba, Sat, 
tactile. So um, I try to sneak in a little mm sound between a double consonant like buddha, samba, satanta, but it never quite comes out right. So just do your best. Okay, so now, um, so when I'm out with Bhante Sujata at different places, he usually says, Todd, can you recite my wish? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> so I had to train myself to um, memorize how it goes. So if you look at the first two, or sorry, the second and third line, it starts with a P and a G. PG as in pregnant. So that's how I remember what the first two lines are, because pregnancy starts everything, right? And then the la- look at the green one. The last two lines are a PS as in postscript. So that's how I remember the last two lines. And then the middle one is shizzle, which is actually easy to remember, S-H and then an S and then an L. So a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, and then a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. And by the way, this was written by uh, Shanti Deva, who was a monk, I think in the 800s in India. Um, he has a lot of interesting quotes. If you ever do a Google for quotes for Shanti Deva, you'll see a lot of them you've heard before. Oops, wrong button, sorry about that. Getting dizzy. So I want to um, go over the monks' names. So Bhante Amita. That's right, but don't get lazy. Try to remember their names. <laughs> Bhante Asaji, I'm not sure who that is. <laughs> Somehow he doesn't have glasses on. And then there's Bhante Bhadia, right here. And notice he has an H in his name. And actually, um, well, let's go to the next one, Bhante Rahula. Um, Rahula is, uh, was the son of the Buddha. And so he's named after the son of the Buddha. Asaji and Bhadia were two um, of the first five students of the Buddha. So um, that's actually someone's um, family name, Asaji and Bhadia, I do believe. Amita, I'm not sure where that came from. Um... And then, of course, Bhante Sujata. And I do think that Sujata was one of the previous Buddhas. That's where he got his name. Okay, so the, uh, I like to end the, although we're not done, I like to end with this little difficult to read. May the merit of our efforts benefit all sentient beings. And this is a colossal statue in Thailand, and some monks are going there. 
Okay, so now we will do the, um, yes.
Well, thank you. Yes, yes. Well, in this case, it's merit, it's good karma. It's not, not something that you buy or get. It's just good karma. So, you know, the merit of our efforts to understand and practice Buddhism results in good karma because we're helping people and our, ourselves, so that's what it means. If you think, can think of a better word, let me know, and I'll change this slide. <laughs> Yeah, it's a semantic thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, this uh, refers to uh, karma. Um, thank you, Bhante. Um, and I also, uh, I would love to be in the chanting group. I've been in many before. You have to have white clothes. You have to have white clothes. All right, so now let's do our regular chanting.
Okay, thank you very much, everyone. Anyone have any questions or comments? I have a question for our chanting verse. Yes. Um, it's the twin verses. It's the last line of the first group and the last line of the second group. I'm not going to try to say it Well, the C, just real quick, Bonte, the C is ch, for, right? Va. The poly last 